Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. This is your host, George Muniz-Gund. Today, I wanted to talk about tokenism and inspiration porn, particularly when it's drawn from disabled folks and why that's problematic. So, as I've been saying on this podcast, um... The big issue, in my opinion, and this will vary even amongst the disabled community, but a lot of us feel that a lot of the burden that we face out there in society today as disabled folks does not come necessarily as a as a sole consequence of um, it's not, the only cause for that is not just our disability, but it is the way that society is not built around properly accommodating our disability. And I will acknowledge there are certain things, there are certain traits of ours, of our disability that would still be present no matter what, but we can't be so quick to disregard the impact that it would have to have a more accommodating society because we've never really had a society that is completely accommodating and inclusive of disabled folks. And all the accommodations that we have today are thanks to the countless efforts of disabled activists in the 70s and 80s. And if it weren't for those disabled activists, we'd probably be we wouldn't even be where we are today, essentially. So, when I'm, the, the thing is that I see, you know, because a lot of us, you know, have to found, a lot of us end up, and as I've mentioned before, we end up carving our own paths. You know, we, because society isn't built in an ideal way that makes it easy for us to succeed, like our neurotypical peers, we end up having to figure out our own strategies, our own ways to succeed. So we carve our own paths. And a lot of times, we get pretty good at that. So we found we find something that we like, that we're good at, and we'll, a lot of times we'll do it really well. And then neurotypicals around us are all like, oh, see, that's great. Um, Oh, that's so inspiring that you were able to do that. But it's like, they don't make it easy for us. And it's like, it's kind of like, you know, you're sharing a house with someone and you make them clean up all the mess. Um... You know, they never, like, just hypothetically, let's just assume, um, just to give you an example, right? Like, so they're always doing all the work, you're always making them clean up all the mess, and then you come up to them when they do, you know, a good, a good job, I don't know, they just clean the house and it looks good, and then you tell them, oh, that's so inspiring that, that you, uh, you did so well, you know, with this, this cleaning, and it's like, yeah, well, they had to do it all by themselves. And it's like, that's what it feels a lot of times to us disabled folks. Is it's like, yeah, we do our projects and we're successful with our projects. Um, 
and then, you know, others get inspired by it, that's great. But, you know, it would be nice if people actually helped and accommodated us so we didn't have to do all these, you know, this whole amazing feat of, you know, having to do all the work and then going out on our own. And, and you know, for some of us that works out great, but we have to acknowledge that it's taxing. It's incredibly mentally taxing on on us, especially us folks with neurodistinct brains, to put it to, to do all this work by yourself. And um, yeah, I don't think people realize it's like, you know, like we need help. Sometimes we need support and we need to be supported in the ways that we want to be supported, not in the ways that people think we need to be supported and encouraged to fit these neuronormative molds. So it's like, it can get frustrating, even though I know people um, mean the best and they're legitimately like happy for us when they they get inspired or they they mean it well that we're doing a good job but it's it can be a little frustrating because it's like yeah you're inspired but that's because the the reason i had to do all this work is because no one else properly accommodates me um and then there's the whole issue with tokenism um which i'm just going to touch on briefly for people that might not be familiar with the term but it refers to essentially using autistic people or really any person from any other marginalized group as clout. But I do see it happening a lot with um, autistic people where, you know, there will be, uh, particularly with TV shows, um, and a lot of, you know, like they'll have an autistic character and a lot of times it's not even played by an autistic actor it's played by a neurotypical person and it's really just for clout really just to say oh see we included autistic people and it's like but usually it's not a great representation usually the character does not have a lot of depth um and there are exceptions to this there are great shows with actually autistic actors and great characters such as Everything's Gonna Be Okay on Hulu and Heartbreak High on Netflix, but the majority of shows out there that have autistic characters do it just for clout, do it just to say, oh, see, like, we, we put an autistic character, so we're inclusive. But, you know, it's not a great, not a great representation, and it's literally just for tokenism. It's literally just to say that they have an autistic person. But are they actually listening to this autistic person? Are they actually honoring the needs of this autistic person? You know, I mean, they're not even, in this case, they're not even autistic, right? But um, in the case of like an organization like that, uh, like Autism Speaks, which I've spoken about before in episode 14, about how, you know, they are all about pushing this eugenics, um, conversion therapy paradigm of trying to get autistics, um, you know, treating autism as a tragedy and, you know, trying to get rid of disability instead of properly accommodating it, promoting 
conversion therapies for autistics to behave in more neurotypical ways. Anyhow, eventually when they realized that they were starting to get criticism because their board was entirely neurotypical, there was no autistic person on their board, uh, um, an organization that claims to speak for autistic people does not have any autistic people on their board, and so they did eventually have an hire an autistic person onto their board, but they never listened to him. They just he was there as a token. He was there for clout. They never actually listened to him and took them seriously because their whole mission is not geared towards listening to autistic people and properly accommodating autistic people, even though they might make it seem like that sometimes. They can be very deceiving. But what they do is they raise money off of portraying autism as a tragedy and making people scared and getting donations so they can promote their hateful eugenics research and conversion therapies. So, there's my little <sighs> Autism Speaks rant of the day. Um, please check out episode 14 if you haven't yet. I explain all these things about Autism Speaks and why a lot of autistics don't like them in great detail. Um, uh, so that, that's all for today. Just wanted to talk about, um, tokenism, inspiration porn, why it's a slippery slope. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next time.